This episode of the Ebone Zone podcast has been brought to you in cooperation with Fair Plains General Store. Hello, good evening, and as always, welcome to another edition of the Ebone Zone. I'm your hilariously humble host, Ethan Page Rivers. It's wonderful to be here with you tonight, folks, and I'm excited to bring you another episode. Vacation is a wonderful thing, don't you agree? And I recently journeyed out to Topsail Beach to see some family, and I was told of some interesting things that happened there. And in fact, I thought you'd like to know, so I'm going to tell you right now what some of it was, sort of to deep dive into the history of my favorite coastal relaxation spot. I bet you didn't know that in 1945, Topsail was seized by the government to be used as a missile testing site and that's the fact that kicks us off why did they do this well operation bumblebee that's why whoa there chief what on earth is that well since you ask nicely i'll tell you it was actually a missile testing program that took place between the years of 1946 and 1948 it was primarily used to test ramjet engines and missiles but just wait a second hold your horses we'll get more into that just a little bit later you see before this the ships would launch bombs and missiles at the aircraft they wanted to target but that wasn't exactly efficient enough to keep doing so why was it called operation bumblebee You know that old thing about how bumblebees are too heavy to fly, but since they don't know that they're too heavy, they fly anyway? Yeah, it's basically that, but with super deadly weaponry. The soldiers called the missiles flying stovepipes because they were completely hollow on the inside, and one type of missile they tested there was the Talos, which saw action in Vietnam before being retired for something lighter, and that was probably justified considering the missile weighed a total of four tons... So, Operation Bumblebee was a front-runner in guided missile technology, and I've got to admit, that's pretty cool. Journey back with me, if you will, to a time of treasure, exploration, thievery, mutiny. A time when 10 of the 20 most notorious pirates on Earth sailed the waters of the coast of the Carolinas. Pirates like Blackbeard. Why don't we kick back and talk about him for a sec? Blackbeard started out as an apprentice to Ben Hornigold. Then he broke out as a captain of his own ship, Queen Anne's Revenge, in the fall of 1717, the name of which is most likely derived from his reported time as a privateer in Queen Anne's War just a few years earlier. When he'd gotten a sizable fleet and enough plunder to his name, Blackbeard set a course for Charleston, South Carolina, where he'd hoped to find medicines. But you see... Those South Carolinians wouldn't give up so easy, to the extent of Blackbeard holding the coast hostage by blockade for nearly a week and capturing prisoners in the process. And as the saying goes, what goes up must come down. And so did Blackbeard. After a fierce battle on November 22, 1718 at Ocracoke Island, he met his end by the hand of Robert Maynard. It's said that multiple others died with Blackbeard that day, and out of his death have spawned many urban legends. Let's take a look at another pirate from that era, shall we? Captain William Kidd. He became a pirate in February of 1697, shortly after his arrival to the Comoro Islands on the privateering ship the Adventure Galley. Two months later, he refused to attack a Dutch ship and fatally wounded his own gunner because of it. Boy. That escalated quickly. I mean, that really got out of hand fast. After changing ships a few times and plundering some more, he went to trial in England and was found guilty on five counts of piracy and for killing his own gunner. I mean, seriously, why would you do that? After the trial, he was sentenced to hang. 
fate of many pirates, and the sentence was carried out in the year 1701 at the execution dock on the banks of the River Thames in London. His body was put in gibbets, which is what a cage was called back then, and he was left in the estuary for three years total. The lesson here? Simply put, piracy does not end well. This third bit's going to be kind of short because there's not much to it. Tunnels. They're great. They help you get from place to place when you're in a car or a train or a subway, but are they at Topsail? I mean, it is a 26-mile-long island with marshes and beaches and barrier flats and dunes, so it is possible, but there's been a lot of debate, particularly among the World War II generation. People have said that they've climbed around in them as kids and that they were there, but I wasn't around during that era, so I can neither confirm nor deny that information. Like I've said in many episodes of this podcast, I'm just a guy behind a microphone, you know? But it is something interesting to learn about. And there is two sides to every story, but as far as who's right, I have no idea. Now to round us out, remember when I said earlier we'd talk about the ramjet? You do? Well, good news. That's exactly what we're going to have going. If that's what you've been waiting for, now's the time. I bet you could have guessed that today's modern jet engines are based on the ramjet's original design that was tested and proven at Topsail. In fact, these engines had such an impact that Professor William S. Powell was quoted as saying, Topsail Island is to jet flight development what Kitty Hawk is to propeller flight. And we all know what happened to Kitty Hawk. So what exactly is this ramjet and why is it so important? Well, let me start by saying the first aircraft to fly solely on ramjet power was launched in France in 1949. And ramjet engines don't have many major moving parts as it gets going with air being the major part in the ignition of the fuel inside the missiles. They can go as fast and probably even faster faster than Mach 2, which, think about it this way, you know how quickly you hear my voice when you listen to an episode? To figure out Mach 2, you've got to think quicker than that. You give up yet? Well, I'll tell you what it means. Twice the speed of sound. That's insane. I hope you've enjoyed this little look back into history. I know I have, and what's next for Topsail? I don't know, but what's next for me all I can tell you for certain is that with all the history going on, I feel like it's my sophomore year again, but also I'll be back with you next week for another episode. Before we wrap up this week's episode, I just want to take a second to tell you about my good friends at Fair Plains General Store. They have a full line of Daddy Pete's gardening and lawn care items, and not to mention all the best soil additives and fertilizers, as well as high-nutrition permafeed for livestock. Are you having a pest problem? Are weeds getting you down? No worries! They've got you covered with high-yield herbicide and pesticide on site in both liquid and granular varieties. Find them at 418 Sparta Road in North Wilkesboro, and of course, call them if you don't have time to stop in at 336-667-6849. And hey, do me a favor and tell them Ethan sent you by, would you? And with that being said, thank you guys for once again being here tonight and joining me for another episode. Follow the podcast on Instagram, at Official, as well as on Twitter, at EBZ. That's capital O and official, capital EBZ, in case you were wondering. And until next time, God bless us and save us. I appreciate each and every one of you. And I'll see you soon.